yourself lucky to have fallen in love with a girl. The city and the river of mud let me know. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Crescent City Nights, and Kurt LeBlanc is our GM. This is episode six, and our recap will be given by Jeff Wilkins. So, without further ado, commence notre voyage dans le ténèbre. Jeff? This episode was a continuation of our previous Crescent City Nights. It picks up about two months later in game time. After our investigators experienced with the voodoo war between the Bouzeau family and the Faison family. During those two months, our investigators have been trying to find their way back to a normal life as best they can. Rose had a strange experience while visiting Marcel in the hospital. Marcel wakes up and grabs Rose's arm and warns her that we all have the trials of Job ahead of us. And with that, she blinks her eyes and Marcel is back lying in his bed in his comatose state. Did she imagine it? Did she also imagine the handsome Frenchman in the hallway with a green crescent tie tack? He knew her name, but when she looked around the corner, he was gone. Relationships are really strained with Mama now. Leon and Mama are not even on speaking terms. Chef and, and Rose stopped by, and Chef thought he, could, he might smooth things over, but Mama was borderline nasty. Her usual warm hospitality was dripping with sarcasm. Poor Katerina. She's not in a much better shape. She didn't even recognize Chef, Chef at all. Back at the restaurant, our entire group was invited to a party at Alice Thibodeau's house. It's a really nice event, drinks flow, and there's a lot of fine food. As the party closes, Alice asks us to remain after the guests have all left. Alice presents us with a strange request. She's been suffering from some bad nightmares and bouts of sleepwalking after having recently purchased an antique wooden chest. Chef gets a bad feeling about it and thinks it might be a child's coffin, but there's really no proof of that. We agree to look into this for Miss Tipido. We don't have much to go on, really, but the next day we visit the antique store, uh, Beignet's Curios, where Alice bought the chest on Canal Street. The salesman tells us he remembers that he bought the chest from a church auction a couple months ago. We show the chest to Mama as well, thinking maybe she can look into it from a, from a voodoo point of view, which she says it's just a chest and she pretty much shoes us out the door. We're about to report back to Alice, uh, but we don't have much news. All right, cool. Thank you. Uh, we kick off tonight's game with a, a quote from Grace King. In New Orleans, we wander through old streets and pause before the age-stricken houses. And strange to say, the magic of the past lights them up. Right. So it's the next morning, and we are reconvening at the Garden District home of Alice Thibodeau. Isadora, the faithful maid opens the door welcomes you guys in says uh y'all go ahead grab yourselves a iced tea in the parlor and uh miss Thibodeau will be along shortly thank you as a door thank you all right so uh in the parlor there's some uh, a tray with some uh some pastries uh some croissant and uh and a few minutes later alice comes down and says oh, hey that's, hey good morning everybody Good morning, Miss. Nice to nice to see y'all again. 
morning, Alice. How did you sleep last night? Uh, you know, not, not so good. And as you can see, even though she's, you know, well put together as far as her outfit, you can definitely see some dark circles under her eyes. Uh, she's looking pretty, pretty tired and says, ah, oh, the, the dreams seem to be, to be getting worse. Uh, and then you can see if the door is just, you know, very standing by her, very protective and says, I, I hope y'all find something out soon. I don't, I don't know how much of this poor Miss Thibodeau can, can take. And, and I'll say, oh, it's the door. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. Uh, I'll be okay. And you can see some real concern on Isadora's face. What did you, uh, what did you all, and she's checking to make sure that you had brought the box back. And she can see it there and you see a little bit of relief as she sees the box. What did you all uh, find out yesterday? Yeah, we Not took much, the man. box to Mama for her to take a look at, and she didn't seem to think it was anything special. Took it to your mama? No, not my mama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a, a friend of ours. Oh, I, I see. We all call her mama. He specializes, okay. he specializes in uh, things esoteric. Did you go over, did you see uh, uh, the, the special man over at uh, Benoit's? We did indeed. They didn't seem to know much of anything. Did you say where, where it came from? It uh, seemed it was part of a larger collection, part of uh, a uh, potential church auction of some sort. Right. But could, did, he didn't know where? I think it was collected from a number of churches. Uh, now, once he said that to me, I got it in my head that it's possible that it was originally used to hold the bones of a saint. Like a reliquary? Uh, yeah, a reliquary from a church. Oh. Of course, there's no bones there any longer. Well, that would be quite the, quite the fine for what, given what I paid for it. Now, the only thing that might counteract that is you'd expect there to be like a cross on it or, or something religious in nature as part of the decoration. Well, I wonder if maybe you can, maybe, or maybe if it's a, something that significant to the church, maybe the, maybe the archdiocese could, could give you more information. It's possible. Obviously they put it up for auction. So maybe it was discarded. Is it that or they didn't know what they had? I suppose that's possible. But my concern is the fact that we've had the chest with us for the last two nights, and yet you're still having the nightmares. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, been a terrible couple nights. Did you purchase anything else other than this box at the auction? Well, I wasn't at the auction. I just bought this from, from the special man. Oh, did you buy anything else from the special man? No, not that day. I, I shopped there before. They were always real nice. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll haggle with you. They do their whole thing where uh, <coughs> old ATN, or he'll, he'll say it's this price, and I'll say I'll give you that price. And he says, you got to talk to the special man. And, and, and he scoots back on the chair and says, 
with a cigar and says, Murder Harvey. Yes, we experienced the same thing. <laughs> it's a hope to do, but it's fun. They even did like a little little dance shuffle move there too, didn't they? Oh, that's such a character, char- such character. Did well, you have anything else happen to you that same day that you bought it? Well, I was I was with my friend Margot, and you know we we went down to Commander's Palace for lunch and. We had uh, the, the the best shrimp and grits. Uh, not 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 as good as your chef, but it was it was still good. It was still good. Was there anybody else who wanted this box when you were there? Uh, I, I I don't think so. There were a couple other people looking around, but you know they were more interested in uh, just seeing seeing the curiosities. Does the uh, archdiocese uh, conduct regular auctions for the shop? I mean, do you see much uh, religious apparel in uh, in the curio shop? Well, you know, there's uh, a whole lot of churches in New Orleans. We're, we're a very Catholic city, um, so I, I don't know necessarily why uh, Benoit would have would have had this would have had this lot from an auction, but in general. You know, I collect antiques. In general, the church wouldn't normally sell anything that was part of a what they would call a sacred object. Um, they're not they're not supposed to dispose of those things, even if they get old and fall apart. They, I think, they have to either bury them or or burn them to get rid of them. They can't actually just like put them up for sale. Well, as as Miss Thibodeau suggested, maybe they didn't realize what they had, but they may be able to tell us which church it came from. That's possible. That's definitely possible. Um, especially if we, well, I'm not sure that we want to cart this box around with us everywhere. It's old and delicate. It might fall apart. And I'd hate for it to fall apart if you, you know, Alice uh, values it. Well, it's out of character. It's it's not it's not necessarily f- falling apart. It's not it's not super fragile. Well, there's just a chance if we're carrying it around, we might drop it, or I don't know. I guess it depends on how how you know if you really think that there's some sort of a a curse on it. Um. Should we have it exercised or well I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's cursed. It's just so been so strange. Uh, I feel like I feel like whatever's causing my dreams and whoever this this character is who, who I'm, I'm seeing glimpses of in my dreams is somehow connected to the to the box. What what does this person look like? Uh, I can't say and then Isidore says to tell them about the man. And she said, well, the, the, I guess I had the dreams over the last couple of nights. They done got worse. And normally I, I, I had been feeling like I was running, but I, I didn't know from what. And then uh, two nights ago, I, 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 I felt like I caught a glimpse of him for the very first time. It's just a, just a shadow, but, but I, I knew he was out to, to do me harm. What did the shadow look like? You know, it was a man. Yes. 
Well, it was more of a feeling than anything else, but I, I, I couldn't see really any details. I, I, I could, I could more feel his presence than I, than I could see him, if that makes sense. And he didn't do anything specific to you? He just made you feel uncomfortable? Well, it, it was kind of the, the same dream I had been having. He, I was running from him, and he was, he was, trying, to, he was trying to have me. I, I could feel like he, he wanted to have me. And, and next thing I knew, I, I, I was falling. And, and, and that's when I woke up screaming. And, and his door says, tell him to rest. And he says, well, kind of like, like it was last week where I, I woke up in, in the yard again. Hmm. And then you, you can see she's, she starts to, you know, she's trying to hold it together, but she starts to, you know, cry a little bit. She's. I'll put um, my arm around her shoulder and, and start to comfort her. Oh, thank you, Miss Noble. You're so nice. Well, I'm not exactly sure where to go from here, what to do. Uh, you could see about getting the, the local priest to come over and uh, bless the house. Make sure there's no evil spirits. But, uh, and we can take the box if you'd like, uh, show it around the churches and see if they know where it came from. You can, you can take the box. I, I hate to part with it, but I, I'm getting desperate. Well, maybe we can find out more about it and then maybe we'll know how valuable it is. Okay. Well, won't you have another croissant, Professor? Thank you. Isadora, bring us some more jam. Is uh, New Orleans, I assume, is it like a church on every corner? Well, you know, we, we, ha we have... Uh, we, you know, we, we're in Orleans Parish. There are a lot of a lot of churches, and uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people uptown still still attend mass at the cathedral downtown. And of course, you know, she's talking about St. Louis Cathedral, the, the gem of the French Quarter. Uh, but uh, you know, I, 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 sometimes uh, I like to stay uptown, and I, I ride the streetcar down to down to St. Christopher's. Because I've heard of a lot of like. Uh churches in order to raise money will have people like make donations and such like that so is it possible that this just could be one of the parishioners that donated some you know and then it just got passed along or sold to the sure to the auction house yeah the reliquary is kind of a it's kind of an a, a long shot i can't imagine a church actually ever selling anything like that or not knowing that they have it, it would probably be in a very special place inside the church. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we know that this stuff came from the church. You know, we'll see if we can, somebody, well, it, it, look, if it came from one of the churches, we we can find out at each church who gathered the stuff together to donate it to the church. You know, might have been a bunch of parishioners cleaning out the church basement. Mm -hmm. In any case, we can find out more or less where it came from. 
see if there's anything. Now, if it turned out to be some sort of relic holder, the church might want it back. It might be something that the, the parishioners didn't know that it was an important thing and just put it together in a big pile with all the other stuff that they sold. I don't know. There's so many different possibilities here. We might as well just go check. And I said, well, if, if, if it is that kind of thing and they want it back, I, I, I guess they can have it if, it's, if, it, is, if it is their property. You know, I only paid... I only paid, I only paid $13 for it. Well, I'll, uh, that's down from $29.99 after my conversation with the special man. <laughs> so what shall we do this morning, folks? Uh, I'll, I'll... I would suggest uh, we attempt to find the headquarters of the Archdiocese, if at all possible. That seems a good starting point. It's probably the cathedral, uh, St. Louis Cathedral. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> make a, a history roll, everyone. Did the special name tell us the name? I don't or if you have, like, religion, that, that could work as well. I'll tell you the name of what, Jeff? Uh, the name of the church that he got it from? You said it was from a multitude of churches. Oh, eight. Yeah, I got 37 out of 45, so I passed. I got an 11 on my new dice, so I'm liking these new dice so far. <laughs> 70 for me, not a good start to the evening. <laughs> well, you, you would know what, what, what most people in New Orleans know at this time, which is the Archdiocese is housed in the, in the old Ursuline's convent building uh, adjacent to the French Quarter near the, the Fallberg Marigny. Um, did anybody make a... Uh, a hard pass? No. Um, I got an 08, but I've only got base, so I don't know if that's a hard pass or... Yeah, that would be, because it's less than half. Well, you, you would also know then that uh, in addition to the Archdiocese being based out of the old Ursuline's convent building, you would also know then that it is the oldest standing structure in New Orleans. Ooh. Okay, well, I relate this to my fellows. Uh, Shep, were you about to say something before I interrupted? I was just gonna, I'm, I don't think I heard you correctly, Kurt. Could you repeat where it was? You said it was housed in? The, in the old Ursuline's convent building. Ursuline. I'll type it in here. There's a thunder something. Ha <laughs> ha. Does that name mean anything to you, Rose, or someone? Well, I, I do know that it's the oldest standing building in New Orleans. And Alice right. and she says, it's where the, where the no, Ursuline... Sorry, whatever. The Ursuline nuns uh, were, were based out of that, the building. Ursuline is an order of nuns, yeah. St. Ursula. Are the... Uh, the nuns of St. Ursula. Yeah, so it's it's the old building. So probably the convent moved with the nuns. And then they've moved the archdiocese offices into that same building. At this point in time, it would be the, the archdiocese headquarters in the building. Yep. So it's an old convent. 
Well, we can go check there. I'm not sure if they'll know anything, but we won't know until we go. Sure, if you like architecture, it'll be a beautiful old building. That was like a plan. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Pascal, do you want to take a, a croissant to go? I very much appreciate it, croissant. Thank you. You're welcome. I sure do appreciate y'all's help. And she comes in, puts a puts a hand on your shoulder, chef, and says, "Thank you, Jason." So, shall we, lady, gentlemen? So, from uptown, uh, you know, uh, Alice Thibodeau's house is on St. Charles Avenue. So you can take the streetcar. Um, you can take the streetcar downtown. Uh, the and then get on the French Quarter streetcar down the Toulouse Street station. And then from there, it would be a, a short walk. Now, we talked last time that it is uh, very hot and balmy. And, and even in the, in the early afternoon now, um, it, it, is, it is quite hot, um, light, like happens in the summertime. Uh, the storm clouds are starting to gather, and the skies, you know, go from blue skies to gray skies. And you do hear a little bit of thunder rumbling in the distance and the wind starting to pick up a little bit as you approach the uh, Earthline Convent building. I'll actually show you a, a picture of what it looks like here. Hmm. One's wearing a bow tie. Bow ties are cool. Like the kind of thing you would see in a lot of horror movies now. It is pretty creepy looking. <laughs> it's a good call out. <laughs> so that looks like a Catholic convent to me. <laughs> that bow tie is cracking me up, though. All right, so you go. Uh, if you go in, uh, there, there's a, a kind of a reception desk. Um, shortly after you go in the main entrance, there, and there's a lady sitting there. Is she a nun? I uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, hello, sister. Um, Good morning. Uh. We we have an object, and we were told that it originated somewhere in the archdiocese uh, as a donation from a, a church to an auction, and we're trying to identify it. Um, who would we talk to? An auction, you say? Yes, that there was an auction. Uh, the, the people who bought it said that it was, it was from, uh, there were donations from, uh, the archdiocese, uh, from local churches. Uh, we'll show them the, show them the box. We've got the box with us. Uh, you show her the box? Yeah. yeah. When you, when you show it to her, um, you can, you can see her. She's like, oh, uh, you, you might want to. You, you might want to see Father Page uh, in, in archives. He's he's very busy. I don't know if he I don't know if he can see you today. Well, if, if not, then can we make an appointment? Uh, he's he's got a, got a pretty busy schedule. He's, a, he's a, Father Page is a, a very busy man. Make us. Who 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 did you say you were? Oh, um, I'm I'm a professor at the University of Tulane. Uh, Tulane, goodness. And this is uh, Miss Rose Noble and uh, uh, Remy Pascal and uh, Jason Pardue. Nice to make, you, make your acquaintance. 
um, when she, you know, when you said Tulane, it, it got her attention a little bit. Make um, make a credit rating roll. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I got a forty-four out of sixty. Uh, okay. We would much appreciate it if we could talk to him. Uh, well, can, will, will you wait here for a minute? Sure. Well, so we, she, we promise we'll only take a few minutes of his time. Okay. So she goes, um, she gets up and she um, she goes into the room behind her and you, you hear her talking and you, you overhear a professor from Tulane and, and some more talking that's going on and she comes back out and she says, uh, she says uh, follow me right this way. Right. And uh, and she takes you back through through a couple different rooms. There's um, there's some people milling about. You see some priests, um, some people who are in, in just lay you know lay clothing suits and stuff. Uh, you, you see one or two more nuns, and then she takes you into into a room that looks kind of like a library. There's a, a lot of books and a lot of papers and um, files, and you know you assume this to be the some type of archives. Okay. And she. Says, uh, and she she calls out to a, she says, Father. And as a, a, a youngish priest, um, you, you might be surprised how, how young he is. Um, and she says, this, this is a, a professor from, from Tulane and, and his uh, business associates and wants to ask some, some questions. And she, um, and she goes and she whispers in his ear. And then, and then he, he nods and, uh, and she leaves. Uh, Hello, Hello, Father Page. Hello, Francis Page. Hello, all. Who, who, who are all of you? Uh, well, I, we don't want to bother you too much this morning. Um, uh, I'm Professor uh, Fontenot from uh, the University of Tulane. Um, and these are my associates. Uh, this box has come into my possession. I, I, we show him the box. I say, we were told that it came from one of the churches in the archdiocese and uh, that it went to auction and that it's now in, in my possession. Uh, we were trying to find some Provence on it, some, some background on it. Um, I was wondering if it might have originally been a reliquary how unlikely that seems, but do you recognize it or? May I see it? Yeah, certainly. You hand it over to him and he puts it on, on the table. On this table, there's a lot of, um, there's some books that are, that are laid out and um, some typewriters, papers, like they're maybe caught, just like things you would expect to see in an archive. So he puts it down on that table and, you know, it's very careful and, and actually um, puts on some gloves and, uh, and, and, and lifts the lid and examines it and picks it up and looks at it again and, and says, you, you said you think this is a, uh, a reliquary. Well, I couldn't figure out anything that would come from a church. And I realized it seemed like a long Sorry. shot. What was that? I'm not talking to you. Okay. Sorry. Uh, was that a, it, it is a, a reliquary. I heard the, the voice of uh, Saint, Saint Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> what sets her off I don't know um, so so we, we have no idea we were just hoping to find out more information um, maybe if we could find out which church it came from 
and where did where did you say you got this from? Uh, well, it was purchased at uh, Benoit's uh, furniture place uh, as an antique, uh, and they got it from an auction very recently. Benoit's Benoit, uh, the special man. Yes, the special man. I love that place. <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, uh, tell me, Professor. Um, not, nothing quite so uh, priceless as a as a reliquary. I'm I'm afraid. Uh, tell me, and, and, and friends, uh, have you ever heard of the fees à la cassette? Uh, no. The casket girls. This is uh, quite the antique here. Casket girls. What? I typed it in the uh, in the chat. Oh, yeah, okay. The girls of the casket. Fides a la a la cassette. What, what does that mean, Carmen? Well, um, you know, back in the uh, have a seat, everyone. Can I can I get you a, something to drink? And uh, you, you hear a thunderclap outside. It looks like it's going to be a nasty one today. Can I get you all anything? Uh, nothing for me, thank you. Okay. I'm all right, Father. Yeah. I do have, no, thank you. Do have a seat. This is uh, quite quite a quite a piece of history you have here, and this uh, this might not belong in the uh, in the cathedral, but uh, it might be something good to donate to the Cabildo, which you know is the Louisiana uh, History Museum at this point. Um, back in the time when Louisiana was still a French colony, um, we were looking for young women to make suitable brides for men in the colony. Now, this was back before 1803, which I will say was the sale of the century. The Louisiana Purchase. Sure. Now, <clears throat> these, these, these cases were used as dowries for, for young women who were brought over in the care of the Ursuline nuns. And you know, this building that we're in right now used to be their, their convent before the school opened. Um, and uh, the, the girls would stay under the care of the Ursuline nuns until such time as a suitable man or a suitable husband could be found for these girls. Mm. Now, some people, this was long enough ago, some people think that was all a legend. There are uh, also darker overtones to the story of the casket girls. Um, stories of uh, girls that couldn't find husbands and so were kept as, or, or sold off as servants or, or bonded servants or uh, that suffered, you know, different types of abuses. But the, the, the nuns would have never done that kind of thing. Uh, but if you go asking around, you're likely to hear some pretty crazy stories for anybody who still remembers the story of the casket girls. Well, there's always disparaging stories about nuns and monks and things like that that are made up by detractors. But uh, I heard I was, one recently that if you get on the wrong side of a nun and misbehave over at the academy, that the nuns will put holes in your socks. <laughs> well, that is serious. I, I also imagine that uh, that if one of these girls. Uh, later decided that she wanted to become a nun, that the dowry would go to the monastery, the convent. 
That's right. So, the, so these chests, uh, a lot of times when the girls would come over from France, all of their possessions, the clothes that were the clothes that was on their back and that they would bring with them, would fit in these here chests. I see. And so that's why they call them Fiza, like I said, the casket girls. Wow. So this was probably just in the basement of one of the churches, and or do you think it originated here? Well, we uh, we we recently put some stuff together to uh, try to as a fundraiser, uh, just some old paintings, nothing special, and and I do believe this here uh, cassette was a part of that lot to pay for the renovations of the cathedral. I see. All right. Well, that actually answers almost all of our questions. Well, I'm glad I could be a service. Is there anything else you can think of, uh, Chef or mm. Josh? And just, Father, if you had any uh, particular folks that uh, fascinated by these stories or could, could tell us a bit more, any specific names? Well, you might you might visit the academy and, and, and talk to Sister Madeline, who uh, is the, the dean of, uh, of history. And I, you would all probably have heard of the, the name Ursuline's Academy. Sure. School for Girls. Thank you, Father. That's mighty helpful. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Father, do you have any idea if, if this is worth a lot of money? Well, anything's worth uh, whatever it's worth to the people that it's worth it to. Hmm. True. Is it, it is uh, certainly a piece of history if this is uh, if this was was one of the belong to a Fila cassette. What makes the Felis so special, though? And I'm not quite sure I'm following the story. What do you mean? Uh, like, why would this be something special? Just because of the age and the history in general? Sure, the, the, the history tied to it. Um, you know, the, the casket girls, uh, at least if the legends are true, were, were you know, a part of the establishment of Louisiana history. Okay. You know, so, casket girls could have been uh, uh, mistake. It could have been one of your ancestors. Sure. Or any one of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, anything else, folks? Rose? Should we ask them to do an exorcism while we're here? Well, it's kind <laughs> of a funny thing, Father, that... Uh, uh, our uh, our uh, benefactor uh, is Alice Trib Thibodeau. Uh, you may know her or have heard of her. Uh, ever since she received this box, she's been having nightmares. And that's one of the reasons why she sent us out to find out the, the history of the box. Miss Thibodeau from Uptown? That's correct. Uh, do you know? I've never met the lady, but I, but I, I know she does a lot of charity work. She's been having nightmares. She said. I'm sorry. Say that again, uh, Kurt. You, you think she's having nightmares? That's what she says. And the only thing that recently has happened to her is she purchased this uh, from Benoit's, and uh, she thinks there's a connection. I'm not sure there is. Well, I'd be be happy to, to to talk to her after after Sunday mass if she comes down to the cathedral. But uh, 
I'll tell her. I don't know how I can help. Maybe you can. Uh, maybe she can set up an appointment to have her house blessed. Maybe. All right. Well, we were told you're a busy man. We don't want to keep you all day. Well, it was nice to meet you all. Very nice to meet you. Thank you, Father. And he shows you the door. And... You know, as as we're leaving, I'm going to stop the the first nun that we met as we came in. Um, I just want to ask her. I'm sorry. Did did you have kind of a reaction to this box when we? told you what it was or when we showed you it almost like are you familiar with it did uh did it, is that from 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 one of the casket girls that's what the father just told us well, i heard heard of those but never actually seen one are they that rare well I don't, I don't know how many survived. Uh-oh. Uh, the, the, the fires. I don't know how many made it through the fires. The fires. You know that almost all of the French Quarter burned down. And that's why the, the convent is the, the oldest building still standing. That's not because it's the oldest. It's the only one that didn't burn down during the Great Fire. It's it's likely this was a fairly common item at one point, and you know it's like we we found basically an old suitcase is what we found. Most of the suitcases from these uh, these uh, casket girls just didn't survive. Yeah, they were just boxes to carry your stuff in. Yeah, you're, you're definitely getting a sense that this is this is interesting. You know, to answer your question, Jeff, more of as, as an antique, you know, right? And a, and a and a piece of history than anything, you know. That might be like no nobody's insinuating like that it's any anything occult related or anything like right. that. Right. Yeah, okay. Does and the uh, box look like it's been through a fire? When we look at it? Not really. It just looks old. But if it if it, if it came from if it came from here from the old convent building, then it would have survived. It didn't it would it didn't burn, yeah. Right. So are we on our way back to the Tipitos then? Or are we going to go to the Ursuline Academy? Oh, we can do that. Talk to uh, uh, Sister Madeline, the historian. See how busy she is. And I'm actually going to apologize to the whole group because I'm starting to realize that I've roped you all into this sort of with the, the invitation of the party, and now we're basically on this wild goose chase about this woman's dream. I know and, uh, it's feeling a little guilty that uh, Alice is a friend of mine, but so I, I appreciate y'all, uh, you know, putting your time. Well, in. it's it's been a very nice distraction from, you know, everything we've been going through with Mama and Cat and all of that. So. We forgive you, Chef. <laughs> we certainly seem to find ourselves in uh, trouble more often than not lately, so just keep going with the trend. And all I've got is my is my students to fight with about learning a language. <laughs> uh, 
It's nothing better than listening to Amo Amas Ama Amama Samais Aman over and over and over again all day. Those conjugation tables. Yep. All right. So uh the Ursuline Academy. I don't know if there's any restrictions on us going in there. Sometimes convents it's a convent school, probably a convent school for girls. Yeah, go ahead and make another uh history roll. Let's see how much you know about the Sometimes they don't let men in there. I got a ninety nine. Seventy three, nope. Nope. Seventy three. Oh that's not doing it. So here's the school as it as it sits today. So you guys head back uptown. Now, what what you what you know just from from general history and and um, is that this is this is one of the kind of where Catholic school for girls, both uh, girls of color, white girls didn't matter. This is where you know the the. Catholic school girls curriculum began. This is one of the, the oldest Catholic schools a- anywhere, and it's still around today. Um, nobody stops you from from going in. Okay. In fact, um, there's people, you know, girls. It, it's Friday, so school school's in session. Uh, there's girls milling about um, in uniform. Um, you know, kind of a lot of hustle and bustle. Um, but there's no like reception desk or anything when you go in. Okay. There's probably an office. If we can find the office, then we can tell them why we're there and who we're looking for and where to go. Rose, you want to take lead in this Catholic girl school? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if they want my type in here. They don't have to know what your type is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I will pull aside the nearest person, ask sweetly where the office is. Uh, it's a girl. She says, oh, hello. Uh, the, uh, the office is that way. She oh, thank you. Points across the hall. Gotta go. Bye. Class, bye. Study hard. Yes, ma'am. Come on, gentlemen, this way. All right. Hello. Right. Um, we are looking for Sister Madeline. Sister Madeline from from history. Yes. Oh, uh, her office is. Um, why, what, uh, do you do you have an appointment? Oh no, we we just had a couple of questions for her. Okay. See, we we have an object that we're trying to identify, and we were given to understand that she might know a little bit something about it. Well. Um, uh, Sister Madeline's office is, is, is down the hall, room room 14. Oh, thank you. Gentlemen? We'll follow. Looking over at Remy, is he like sweating here being inside of a convent while he's a uh, speakeasy owner? <laughs> I can I can feel, feel Satan staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourself, Remy. Don't touch anything, it'll burn. <laughs> All right. Power, the power of Christ compels me down these hallways. <laughs> no, that's um, me. That's me, Remy. I, I hate to tell you this, but Catholics drink. That's true. 100%. <laughs> All those mafiosa, 
they're Catholics. Because <laughs> there's, there's a store in New Orleans where I always buy my, my T-shirts when I'm, when I'm down there, and there's one I, I like. It says, uh, it says, I love Jesus, but I do drink a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, One saint, is, wasn't it Augustine who said, uh, give me piety and all this other stuff, but not yet? <laughs> um, so that you get to you find the office the doors closed but there is a a name placard outside sister madeline knock knock who is it uh <laughs> sister madeline who uh is that sister madeline i hear well who else would it be may we come in ma'am you don't hear anything. You hear clap, 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 and then the door opens. I ain't going in there. <laughs> the most stereotypical stern nun you've ever seen. You know, uh, habit, full. You know, full uh, uniform. Yep. Um, you can actually see there's a, 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 a long wooden ruler on her desk, just re ready to go. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, we were given your name by a gentleman from the Archdiocese. Are you you one of these girls' parents? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Uh, we, we have an object here, uh, an historical object, and we were told that you might be able to tell us a little bit about it. We've been trying to identify it, and we've had such terrible luck, and you're, you're our first good lead here. Who are Francis but we, we depend on you for this. Who are these men? These are my associates. Uh, this is Professor Fontenot from the university, Chef mm -hmm. Purdue, and Remy, my friend Remy. Just Remy. The Father uh, Francis Page sent us. From down at the Archdiocese? Yes, ma'am. Oh, well, good for him. Just a look of disdain. Said you were the expert. Why are you people here today? Well, we, we have this uh, lovely little cassette to show you. We're trying to find out something about it. Mm-hmm. What, what did the father tell the you? Cassette. Well, he started telling us about something called the Cassette Girls. You know, these have been brought over from, from France. Feel like I said. Oh, did he now? Well, if you see Father Page again, tell him that I said he don't know his ass from an alligator. Well, isn't it wonderful then that we have you to straighten us out? Well, go on and have a seat. Thank you, ma'am. squeeze into one of the little desks for the. <clears throat> And she, she, and she uh, starts to examine the box and she says, um, she says, there's no, there's no artifacts still around from the casket girls. Uh, in fact, uh, there's very little evidence altogether about the casket girls. If you ask my opinion, it was a myth. A myth? Now, this does seem to be some kind of uh, antique but all that business about the casket girls is mumbo-jumbo. What do you think this might be, then? Well, 
definitely does look like some kind of uh, case uh, that uh, maybe somebody would have put clothes in for travel. What did what did the father tell you about the these fees? Uh, like I said. I forget what Raleigh said, um, Professor. Well, they, she said that uh, these were girls that uh, came over and they, they kept their dowries and this and that the nuns raised them and, and educated them until they were ready to find a husband and they went on from there. Um, this was actually, we had a feeling that this came from the archdiocese itself, from the old convent house. Uh, there was recently an auction and this was one of the things that uh, that may have come from there. So it was possible that if, if the cassette girls actually existed, that the only place because of the fires that one would still exist would be in the archdiocese uh, current headquarters, either old convent. Well, if the father said that it came from, from the convent building, I, I, I don't deny that. It could have belonged to uh, one of the one of the sisters, one of the mothers that used to live there in the building. One one of the girls in their care, perhaps. All this business about uh, these girls being coming over from France and and being taken abused by the nuns. I just ain't gonna hear that now. Well, we we wouldn't uh, imply that. We know that there's always people that say nasty things about members of the priesthood and members of the uh, of the, the monastic orders and uh, they're they're not likely to be true any of them that's right these girls are terrified that we're going to put holes in their socks <laughs> but you know what if that keeps them in line then so be it <laughs> I'm not going to tell them any different and, you, and she finally gives you like the the faintest like glimpse of a smile <laughs> um can i just um, sorry real quick I'm, I'm just making sure i'm hearing i'm hearing two different words and i want to make sure they're two different words i'm hearing cassette and i'm hearing casket mm -hmm. okay cassette is it's would be the french pronunciation of a a, a a case like a small case okay Right. So then, and, what about casket? casket? Would just be another another way of saying that. So, a casket isn't necessarily a a, a coffin. It could a coffin. Be, you know, the the it's title. Not necessarily. It also means case. Oh, okay. That's okay. Another word. All right. So when it, when they say cassette, they're just using the French. Right. Okay. Um. So. Uh, without going through the whole thing again, we we basically tell her what we told Father Francis that uh, that Mrs. Tubido seems to think that this might have something to do with her nightmares. But if if it's it's just uh, uh, if it's just a box, <laughs> well, like, like I said, it. it I'm afraid you're breaking up, Kurt. But um, can you say that again, please? Uh, yeah, you broke up. It, it certainly is interesting and a curiosity, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't. Again, I don't. 
I don't doubt that it, it comes from the comic. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go too far in, with this business about the casket girls. Okay. Does this appear to be valuable in your opinion? Well, I mean, to me, it looks like an old junky wooden box. Well, I gotta tell you, Chef, that's that's about what it looks like to me too. Okay. I'm not crazy. That's what it looks like to me, too. Well, I, I don't know you. <laughs> we, uh, sister, we are all uh, suckers. We're, uh, we're the kind of people that when one of our friends says that he's having bad dreams, we end up driving all over the countryside, <laughs> carrying a box around, trying to find, find out things. I think that we're just too kind. Well, Christian I, I, charity I, is what it is, ma'am. I've heard that you Tulane professors are interested in all kinds of things. And well, I'm personally a, a language professor, so I say, uh, I say, so that's kind of my field, but I say it in Latin. <laughs> Shall I see you back in Latin? Um, well, if there's nothing else, sister, thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Okay. Y'all be on y'all's way now. All right. So as we're leaving, I like turn to them and I'll say, she said ass. She said ass. Well, as you're leaving out of this desk. As you're leaving, you know, there's um, the uh, classes going on now, so there aren't as many people milling about. So you're, you're walking back down the hall and there's a, there's a, a, a youngish nun who's walking towards you and she's uh i guess but in less enlightened times they would have called her a mulatto and she is also in, in, in habit and uniform okay. and as you are walking towards her and she's walking towards you she isn't like really breaking stride she is coming right towards you and make a spot hidden just in, in the second before she gets to you 96. Boy, I'm 31. I made mine. So, Rose, you notice that she's actually coming towards you, and, and you also you notice that she also has a very interesting expression on her face. It is, it is totally blank. So, she is kind of like staring at you, not blinking, and walking right towards you. And she comes right up to you. You know, you guys are walking opposite ways. And she leans up and almost like puts her arm around you, but leans in. And she whispers in your ear, serve me, serve And she puts something in your hand. What? What? What is this? It's a book. And she is right. very blank face. I, I give her a strange look. What is this for? Hello? Serve me, serve What? What? What is she saying to you, Rose? And now you hear a bell ring. The school bell rings. The doors fly open, and now the, the hallways are just filled with schoolgirls. And she, like, you can see the expression on her face kind of becomes normal again. And she, girls, girls. And she, you know, she goes chasing after the, the girls, and she's, she's gone around the corner. Rose, what did she whisper to you? 
Servamaid. What was it? Servamaid what? Servamaid, Servabate. Servamaid, Servabate. Well, I'm a language guy. What does that mean? Is it French? Who has Latin? I've got Latin. Want me to roll? See, that sounds like probably Latin. Uh, yes, easily. Anyone else? I don't have any. Latin going once, going twice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Professor, you would know right away that that phrase means uh, uh, save me so that I might save you. Did you make a, what was the, the degree of your success? Uh, I got an 18 out of 50. So that's, uh, that's uh, better than half. So you would you would recognize that phrase from uh, Petronius's Satyricon. From the Satyricon. One of the. And uh, you know the schoolgirls out. You know we're uh, school just got out, so schoolgirls everywhere. The sister that you um, uh, that you just had that encounter with is is you don't see her now. She. It seems like she came to and then got caught up in the, in the hustle and bustle right. of. And what's the book that she gave you? Is it the Satyricon? Yeah, what is the book? Well, when you look at the book, it appears to be a, um, actually a handwritten journal. And, it's, and it appears to be French. How's your French, Rose? I don't speak any French. I don't speak any other language than English. Well, I have a little bit of French. I'm sure the professor probably has more than I do. I, I hand it to you. That 75%, yeah. <laughs> Wait, whose is better? His by a lot. Oh, I hand it to you, professor. Okay. Yeah, I, I just got, huh, I've got, what is that? A six, no, a 19. I always forget the, the little line underneath. <laughs> Out of 75, so that's... Uh, uh, that's Good to have you on the team, Professor. That's almost a hard. Well, at first glance, you know, it's kind of hard because it is, it is old, for sure, and it's uh -huh. also handwritten, and it's in French. And so what you can... You know, that's, that's what you can glean from, from first glance. Sure. You'll, you'll have to spend a little bit of time with it to, to learn more. It's an old journal of some sort. Wow. Handwritten French, a little tricky to try to read through on a glance, but uh, given some time, I can figure this all out. And she said, save me from, save me so that I can save you. It's strange. And she said it in Latin, not French. Right, from the Satyricon. Oh. Now I think we have a little bit of a mystery going on here. And she definitely looked like she was Shall we say under control? Little, she little... certainly didn't look very aware of where she was going or what she was doing. I checked my jacket pocket and make sure I still have my salt. <laughs> <laughs> the pickpocket nuns of St. Ursula's. <laughs> Got mine in my purse. <laughs> What are, they, <laughs> what are they teaching these nuns? Um, all right, so we better get out of here because there's so many little schoolgirls running around where 
It's going to take us 15 minutes to get back to the front door. <laughs> All right. All right, so school just got out, so that puts it about um, about 3 o'clock. Um, what do we want to do next? Well, I suppose we could go back to Tipidos and tell her our progress. What else would you guys like to do? We'd also give you some time to uh, spend with the journal and see yeah. if you have any more luck translating it. Well, we can... Maybe we can check into some research on these uh, casket girls. Maybe hit the library. That's a good idea. That's that's a good idea. What well, we could go to the library and I could just sit there and read while you guys look. Perfect place for reading. All right. Sound good. There's a couple libraries you could go to. Um, there's the Tulane Library, of course, and then you've got. Um, the Central District of the New Orleans Public Library, which is close to the French Quarter downtown uh, by Lee Circle. The way is probably good. That way we can leverage any contacts Leon might have and just in case we, we need to, I don't know, need some additional research or history. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. You could show us your new office. All right, I can do this that. This is my plant. <laughs> this is my dumb student who's sitting here in the corner for at least the last, what, three days? And Walter right. says, hey. <laughs> and he says, he says uh, yes, I've been sitting here for three days. I say, not in English. Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> Answer in Portuguese. Here, three more days. <laughs> So do we want, we're going to go back to my office and then you guys want to use the university library? Is that what we just said? Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what better place? I mean, you know, you probably know exactly where everything is there. Well, we got the whole weekend. Uh, you know, there's no school going on this weekend. So yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. So we go back to my office I show them my, my incredibly spacious office with book-lined walls and, yeah, no. I don't have tenure, so I've got a little office with a little half bookshelf with three books on it. A couple, <laughs> of, lexicons, a couple of lexicons of different languages. I, I tisk at your pitiful book selection, take you by the shoulder, pull you aside and say, I can hook you up. Well, I suppose my other book collection is downstairs in the library, <laughs> if I need anything. Uh, make yourselves at home. I'll have one of the janitors bring up a whole bunch of other chairs so that you have places to sit. Normally, I only have one or two students in here at a time. Um, but we can just, you know, park your things here. We can put the box here and leave it here. And then... Uh, just go down to the library. I'll sit down there with you. I'll see what I can make of this journal. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. All right. It's a beautiful, beautiful school. Okay. Um, well, everyone make a uh, library use. Okay. And, and also tell me what you're, what you're doing. What, what are you looking for? 91. 
Remy forgot how to read. Six. Oh, I made mine. Where's my library? Oh, uh, 45 out of 60. Before I actually sit down, I might grab a copy of the Satirica Lieber. And uh, just have it there if I need it. Cool. Um, Rose and Chef, did you pass library use? I did. And what are you um, what are you looking for? I am looking into the cassette girls. Okay. So you do find um a lot of information on the Ursuline order. Um you find information on the Ursuline's convent building and you do um, actually find some references to the casket girls. To the fees fees like I said. Um and it, it it actually what um what you are able to, to learn from your research is more in line with Father Page and Sister Madeline. That um, girls, young girls, were brought over from France um, in the, um, the the late the 18th century to find suitable. To, you know, for, so they would have women for for men who were, who were settling. You know, work in the colony. Um, so that that part does seem to, to line up. Um, that the girls were kept under the care of different orders of nuns, but the Ursulines in New Orleans were the most, the most prevalent, you know, in the in the convent building. So there does seem to be some references to that. Um, you find other information that, um, uh, like old, like you know, books of like old ghost stories of New Orleans. There there is some references to hauntings around the convent building. Um, one story in particular talks about um, things that were kept in the attic of the old convent building, which was all the doors were nailed shut by uh, 800 nails that were all blessed by the Pope. And so there's one interesting ghost story that you found that alludes to the actual convent building. 800 nails, wow. Sounds like a cool story right there. Um, and um, and professor, what you were able to gather from the the journal is that it both it seems to have been written by a former mother superior of the convent. Oh, and I'm going to uh, a lot of it is just uh, noteworthy as as history. You know, it talks a lot about the the building and and references the, the fire. Um, so some good information here of historical significance. Um, but one thing that stands out for you is one particular passage that I'm going to show you and you can share it with the others if you like. So I say, guys, listen to this. Uh, the journalist from a, a mother superior of the convent, uh, October 8th, 1828. Last night I had a strange dream again, uh, the strange dream again, the one about Jeanette Duval. It has been almost a hundred years since the poor girl jumped to her death from the third floor of the old convent, but her soul cannot rest in peace, condemned by her stem to be refused burial in St. Peter's Cemetery. The legend says that her body was buried in secret without a ceremony next to a large oak tree somewhere on uh, Henri, Henri's former property. Uh, I have also heard recent whispers among the younger sisters about the Black Heart in capital letters. Uh, 
They, they, yeah. They talk about the same evil man who lusted after the girl enough to break into the convent and who drove her to take her own life rather than submit to him. It's rumored that his cursed spirit has been seen haunting the French Quarter at night, no doubt still searching for his long-lost bride. I only pray that God is merciful and Jeanette can somehow yet be saved. Serve me, serve te. Save me that I might save. It's very interesting that she's quoting from the Satyricon. That seems odd. Is that maybe a school motto? That seems really odd. If you're not familiar with the Satyricon, it's it's kind of a raunchy uh, Roman play, uh, a comedy. I don't know. Interesting. So she's dead, but he's still stalking her. Well, and the, the, the mother superior here is talking about uh, this girl had been dead for a hundred years already. So in 1828. And what's the black heart? That's interesting. Um, quick question for the GM. Uh, when she, when they refer to the old convent, is that different um, than the one we just visited? Or yes. that's that's the archdiocese. Oh, okay. As, as opposed to the uh, the academy, which is the the new Ursuline's building. It's the new gotcha. Right. Oh, so Jeanette Duval. She jumped from the third floor of the old convent. Her body was buried in secret without ceremony next to a large oak tree somewhere on Henry's former property, whoever Henry is. Um, because she was she committed suicide. And that's 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 not a typo, it's it's Henry, it's it's not Henri. Henri, yeah. It's it's Henry. Not not Henry. Harry or Harry? Oh, Harry, Harry. Okay. So that's not—it's oh. not a typo. There's no N. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. There is no N. I—I I just my brain put in an N. Um, Harry's former property. Uh, she wouldn't have been buried in the church because she committed suicide. It's considered a mortal sin. Uh. Talk about the same evil man who lusted after the girl enough to break into the convent and who drove her to take her own life rather than submit to him. His cursed spirit has been haunting the French Quarter at night, no doubt still searching for his long-lost bride. Bride? Well, was he attempting to marry Jeanette Duval? And rather than marry him, she jumped out of the window. Would he break into the convent to marry her? I don't think so. Perhaps to force her, perhaps to kidnap her and take her away. It was a different time back then. I don't care what time it is. 
No. I think nowadays they call that elopement. To elope, they both have to be willing, Professor. Well, obviously she wasn't willing. Of course, you could always ask the question of whether she was pushed. Things get mixed up in history. Or even just fleeing for her life almost. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough call there about whether or not it's suicide or not if you're being chased. Well, obviously they deemed that, the church deemed that it was suicide. Yeah. But uh, yes, you're correct. It doesn't necessarily mean that it was. So I'm going to take a look into the Satyricon. Uh, what, what have you guys found out? Anything? I relate what I found out about the casket girls. It would seem uh, a bit strange that the sister couldn't confirm the presence of the casket girls given what's sitting here in the history books. Almost as though she was completely well, denying the history, they ever existed. The history books don't prove its existence. The history books are simply written by people that believe that it existed. That's certainly a fair comment. Um, sister uh, uh, Sister Madeline. Madeline certainly seemed to think that it was all apocryphal. It was all just make-believe stories, but I don't know. There and seems she to be... of all people should know what's make-believe and what's real. She wouldn't know either. Um, unless, like, you know, unless she's too close to the subject matter and can't, can't look at it without a biased point of view. How would she be close to it? It was 200 years ago. Well, I mean, just the fact that it, it tends to paint the nuns in the church in bad light. That's exactly it. She's never going to paint the, the nuns in a bad light. So she's denying the entire thing, even though the history books say otherwise. Right. Well... Is there anything else that you guys would like to research uh, at the library? Um, I have a question, but I, I feel like I'm like skating on the edge of metagaming. Um, so if I am, just tell me to forget it. <laughs> um, I, I just looked up cassette girls in on Wikipedia, and I'm not sure. Did I freeze or did Kurt freeze? Oh, no, he didn't no, freeze. Nobody's frozen. He's just standing still this time. Which is <laughs> He's just what, messing with me now. There's something like, I'm, I'm hearing like a lot of noise um, from my, uh, somewhere in my building. I'm, I don't know what it is. But uh, in, in, this short, in this short little paragraph, it, I'm not sure if I'm fully understanding this or not. It almost makes these girls sound like they're part of some sort of a sex trade or like a slave Almost. Am, am I misinterpreting well, that, or is that? Um... Well, that could have been the part of the implication of. You remember, for other, what we'll step out of, out of character for a second. Yeah. Father Page was kind of saying that there, there are also darker stories about the, the casket girls, right? That the ones that that couldn't find husbands were, um, could have been mistreated, or, um, or that you know. A, a darker fate could have befallen them or something like that, right? That okay. there, there's a, a dark side to the 
the legend of the casket girls. But not not necessarily the pointing the thing, not necessarily making the girls themselves as like dark or just the story behind it that, that, that these girls may have been kidnapped from their homes or the orphanages and then brought here against their world bill. And... Oh, I don't think that's it. I, I think they probably were orphans. Uh, they were just sent somewhere that the nuns could take care of them, but all that costs money and food and stuff like that. The girls had dowries, which would have had money in them and I mean, there are things you could sell for money uh, some of the girls would become nuns and all that money would go to the convent others would get married what happens if they didn't get married then and what happens if they didn't want to become a nun see I think or, or maybe they maybe some were brought against their will and who knows it's you know, possible it's, a lot of it's lost to history but you know, New Orleans definitely does have a, a very dark past. Well, and when you say against their wills, you could also be talking about poverty. Yeah, know. that's definitely what it mentions. It used to be that people were sold into prostitution because they just had no money. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was asking. That's what to me. That's how I'm interpreting this. Well, that would that would make more sense as to why the sisters wouldn't be comfortable or would want to dispel those rumors given the darker side of it. Cause I, I, I doubt they would cover up something where they were like, yeah, we were taking care of these innocent orphaned children. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, that, that certainly makes more sense. That's a good find. Well, my thought is, sorry, the nuns were probably doing their best and there are always people that will make up really nasty stories about, things that are going on in convents. Uh, the worst one that I ever heard was that there was a well out in the back of the convent where all the aborted fetuses were. Just ridiculous stories like that. Um, so you can imagine that the nuns are a little touchy when it comes to subjects that uh, they just, that you're going to, you know, make fun of them or uh, try to damage the convent by with rumors. Well, it's, it's probably getting a bit late now. Uh, might make sense to retire for the evening and then pick back up our, our inquiry. It seems like we have a few more leads here uh, in terms of uh, Harry's uh, property, which we may be able to find in the old convent as well. Yeah, we only have a first name though, Harry. That's fair. Now, could it be a last name? It could be a last name for all I know. Yeah. Well, maybe. Why, why are we for that since we're still here? I can look farther for the, through the journal and see if there's any other references. And uh, yeah, we can pick this up in the morning. We pick up back over at uh, Alice's house. Uh, tell her some of the progress we've made. She'll be happy to know the box is something that might be quite historically valuable. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe she has a little bit more insight as to some of the dreams she's been having can maybe provide a clue. Maybe. Well, to me, this explains her dreams, right? Yeah, maybe she's picking up on the vibrations of uh, 
she's Maybe talking. This, she's yeah. talking about a man chasing her and uh, attempting to force himself on her. Yeah, that sounds like this Blackheart person. Blackheart. This all just sounds like mumbo jumbo to me, and I I'm really really tired of mumbo jumbo, guys. <laughs> I made that for our dinner special the other day. That's so <laughs> mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. Got to use salt because you know the salt. salt. Mumbo jambalaya. <laughs> salt and everything now. You are pretty hungry. Yeah, why don't we go get something to eat? Yeah. You know, you should make a dish and call it mumbo jambalaya. That would uh, that would go for big. It would sell just because people would like to say it. <sighs> And because it's from the famous Chef Pardue. <laughs> Call it yummy mumbo gumbo. <laughs> I'm try yummy mumbo jambalaya. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. All right. All right, food. So, so let's let me lock up my office. Out to dinner? Yeah, I think so. All right. Right. Well, um, it, it is it is you know pretty late. Uh, you guys have dinner. Um, is there anything you want to do before the end of the evening? We'll probably report back to Alice and tell her what we found out. Right. It's pretty late at this point. Yeah, we may want to just pick that back up in the morning. Maybe meet back there to start the morning. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, we should probably meet back here to get the box mm-hmm. at, at the office. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just bring it with me. Okay. Okay. Since we're not going to take that to dinner. Since, she, since she's paying us, we might as well, you know, tell her what we've learned so far. Tell her that we're on the track of finding out some really interesting stuff about this box. Oh, I knew I had a bad feeling about that box. I thought it was like a casket. Well, so far it's just uh, just interesting history. So you 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 all did have a taste for jambalaya. Yeah, and uh, and so it is uh, very delicious. And then are you guys gonna call it a night after that? I think so. All right, Rose. It's dark. And you are in a in a hallway, and you're running, and you don't know why, but you are very afraid. And there's someone chasing you. Is it like a like a dream where you just can't ever get anywhere? You just like you're running in place and. Kind of, yeah. It, it, there, if you you look back and you're, you're you're panting and you're out of breath from running, um, and it's one of those like dreams where it seems like it's a, a long hall, like a long hallway. You're going up steps and another hallway, then up and down stairs, and you look behind you, and all you can really make out is a a, a dark shape, and you hear uh, something that just terrifies you even more, which is this. <sighs> Ha, 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 ha,
shit. Scariest laughing you've ever heard. Um, and it, it's getting closer, and you still can't see. Uh, all you see is just this black shape that's coming your way. And you, you look back one more time, and it gets closer and closer. And now you just feel cuts all over you as you uh, fall out of a, as you go through it. You, the last thing you see is going through a window pane. You see the cuts from the glass along your arms and and blood drops kind of flat behind you as you fall and fall. And you yeah, you can't help it. You yell out, Savoy-moi! And then everything goes black and you wake up in your bed covered in sweat. <laughs> so what? So what? Oh. Oh. I look for the cuts that I know should be there. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? <sighs> no cuts, but you're soaking wet. Oh. <sighs> my goodness. What? So are you all right? Oh, wait. What I'm are not... you doing in my room? <laughs> <laughs> you look around your room to see to make sure that you're you're alone and uh, everything seems to be in order. So you get up and, and, and go into the bathroom to kind of wipe your face and clean yourself Splash off. And myself. You turn on the sink and start splashing water on your face like you are. And then you look up to the mirror and the face that you see is not your own. It oh, is the face dear. of a of a of a young girl and you just look into the mirror and see this face that is not yours with a look of absolute horror and now your eyes pop open and you do wake up again in your bed <gasps> who's that roll sanity okay i wonder where we're gonna get to that all right i used to feel me now yeah. They did not fail me. I got 44. Okay, you can take one sanity point. Okay. Almost feels cheating to just take one <laughs> after that. <laughs> well, you've been through some weird stuff. That's true. That's true. Oh, and, my and, God. and at this point, it is morning. How did I mean, we sleep? I felt less like going back to sleep in my life. Uh, the night was uneventful for the rest of you, unless you did something to make it eventful. Okay. What are you doing in my room? Chef <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is sitting at the foot of your bed, just staring at you. Like, yeah, like, Get out! <laughs> to my pillow. Take, addition, take additional Additional <laughs> sanity. <laughs> Roll for deck, chef. <laughs> All right. So, what's the order of the day? Well, I before I went to sleep, I, I brought the satiricon with me. I, I went through uh, a portion of it, reading through. My characters probably read it before. It's, uh, I, I try to find the phrase that, uh, that they said, just to see if there's more to it. Yeah. Are you asking me for the, con I've never read it. Are you asking me for the context? Oh, no, no. I mean, if it's not part of the story, then we'll just say that I read it and I find it interesting, but. Yeah. Hard, hard to, um, make a connection there. Okay. 
what the GM doesn't know Latin. Come on. <laughs> All right. So we so we arrive back at, at Alice's house as the door lets you in. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Miss Thibodeau. Hello, everyone. Good morning. You, you notice that she looks uh, Alice looks a little more refreshed. It certainly is a good morning today. No bad dreams. You know, since I, last night was the first night since I got the box, I didn't have the dream. Well, we had. That's good to hear. We had quite an interesting day yesterday. Yes, one. You look tired, Miss Noble. Didn't sleep all that well. No, sorry to hear it. I know that can. You any coffee, ma'am? Oh, sure. It's addresses. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Goes into the kitchen, brings out the the cafe au lait. Oh, Coffee you. and chicory. And... Mm, thank you. Mm. Mm. Well, we found out quite a bit. I do tell. Well, it would seem that... Uh, uh, have you ever heard of the file à la cassette? File à la cassette? Uh, no. Um, apparently... Now this is this is the direction we're going in. We don't know if it's true yet or not. There were uh, young girls who were brought over from France uh, by the nuns at Saint Ursula's, and uh, they brought with them their dowries, and they were educated until they were old enough to find uh, husbands. And uh, this probably originated at the old convent house, um, which is now the archdiocese headquarters. And that it may have, in fact, be one of these cassettes that uh, that the young girls brought over. Um, How interesting. Now, if that's the case, then this would have belonged to one of the girls who didn't find a husband. uh, Because obviously the dowry box was still there. Uh, It would have been emptied probably by the convents, by the convent, who would have sold off the stuff the contents to tell pay for whatever room and board for these girls. Um, but it might be tied maybe to a young girl uh, uh, named, and I didn't write it down, Jeanette. I can't remember the last name. Duval. Uh, that's it. Um, she she has a reaction to, to hear that name. She just like kind of makes a little face. Do you know that name? Do you know this this person? Have you ever heard of this name? It it, it sounds from it sounds familiar, but I, I I don't know if I've ever heard it or, or where. Well, apparently, uh, this young girl was pursued by a gentleman um, who wanted to marry her against her will and uh, apparently she jumped out of a third story window oh. I should have just a little slightest bit at that how tragic this, this was uh, 1700s early on well, you all certainly have done your research we don't know that it's all true yet it's uh, even some of the uh, uh, sister uh, sister Madeline at the the girls' schools seem to think that a lot of the information was apocryphal. 
Of course, she'd have a reason to disagree with us. Well, Sister Madeline's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) My, my, my ears are burning. (laughs) All this foul language from the lady folk. First I hear ass, and then I hear bitch. I do beg your pardon. (laughs) You know Sister Madeline. (laughs) Just by reputation. Well, she did seem rather ready with the rulers, I must say. Yeah, those those Ursuline nuns are very stern. They're uh, they're stern, they're disciplined, and they don't ever get to have sex. So, they'll probably tell you you'll go blind if you try to do it. What do those girls act up and find themselves with holes in their socks? <laughs> in fact, uh, now there was an interesting. A phrase that we kept running across uh, from uh, the Satyricon. I think it's from the Satyricon. Um, Servame sa bonote. I, 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 I sort of wrote it down, but I can't read my own handwriting. Servame Save me while well, I can save you. Save me so I can save you. Where did you, where did you hear that? Well, it was written in this journal, and I show her the journal. If you read French, it's interesting. Uh, This talks about the suicide on page 974. (laughs) Journal. The binding on this book, is it human skin? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. I didn't notice that. I smell it. Oh, yeah, it's human skin. So she, she takes Oh my goodness! Oh, how curious! And, and she says, she, "She sure does look old." Blood! Oh my goodness! Wait a second. Where did we find this journal? It was given to me by the nun in that's, a trance. That's right. I was going to say, we just walked out of the library with a book. In okay, uh, I'd forgotten that. Um, yeah, the nun who had a blank look. Now it there's some strange stuff going on. We got a little bit more research to do, but I think we're finding a lot about you a lot a lot more about your book. I mean about your uh, box. And uh I think that there's there's quite a few similarities between things back then and your dreams and Rose, didn't you say you had a weird dream? I don't want to talk about it right now. Who was the who was the the man who was? I don't want to talk about it right now. No, she's not asking you. She's asking who was the 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 man who was trying to. The, the name you. was uh, Black. What was it? Black Heart. What kind of a terrible name is Blackheart? Well, it sounds like a pretty terrible name. Of course, once again, it could just be a legend. Sounds like a pirate name. Like a pirate. Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Oh, pirate. Yeah, pirate. You mean like John Lafitte? Yeah, Jean Lafitte. I'm sure there's pirate history in Louisiana, Bones. Oh, yeah. 
this is one of the Caribbean uh, ports. Well, what, what do you what do you all have planned for today? Well, I'm not sure we were going to discuss that, gentlemen and lady. And then you, you hear um, uh, you hear uh, Isadora. She she well, you see her like reach over and she whispers something to Alice's ear. She says, "Now, she says, no, you stop that, Isadora. I don't want to hear nothing more about that Mother Santiago." Mother Santiago, the one who wrote the journal. Well, you you haven't heard that. That's no, you haven't heard that name before. Okay. Actually, that I was going to ask that. Um, is there a name associated with the journal? Yeah. No. Um. Let's see. When I hear journal, I think like a personal diary almost. Right. Yeah, it, it is. It is a diary, but since it's not, um, I mean, it, there's definitely names in it, but you you didn't really get enough sense of who since it was written in the first person, and it wasn't, you know. Um, well, then you said it was from the mother superior. Yeah. So it would have been a previous mother superior. We could probably get it from date, and find out who the mother superior of the convent was at the time. Okay. It, it's, it's, I guess what I was driving at was that it's not uh, Jeanette's. No. Okay. Jeanette's diary? Yeah. Because it's written talking about Jeanette jumping from the window. So yeah. a century later. It'd be hard for her to write. Over it. A century later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the mother superior was having the, the dreams. Ah, uh, yeah. Remember, it, it started with I, I had the dream again, the one about Jeanette Duval. Right, uh, right. right. Okay, okay. So we got some weirdness going on. This uh, this black card is certainly able to infiltrate a lot of women's dreams. May I have another coffee, please? Here you go, Miss Noble. Let me pour that for you. Thank you. You know, we could do some more research as far as... My goodness, Rose, you make a lot of noise when you drink coffee. <laughs> It's a sign of respect in some cultures. I see. Let me have one of those croissants. <laughs> um, <laughs> we could do some research on some more esoteric books on the appearance of uh, uh, this strange fellow. See if there's other references to it in the in the you know. The occult section of the library. Ooh. The restricted section? Well, I don't know if we can get it. Well, I can get into the restricted section, so. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, the Tulane Library has a copy of uh, um, Scary Stories and uh, might have Witch what what's the one uh, the witch children of uh, New England or Thomographica? Um. Anyways, what else do you guys want to do today? Um, I, it might be worthwhile to head back to the diocese and 
see if we can't hunt down this Eddie name. Um, uh, the only thing is it's been 200 years, so <laughs> I don't know that we're going to get much. Somebody named Harry, Harry, uh, associated with the convent. Right. Uh, find out who the mother superior is. Maybe that will lead us to Harry. Of course, what are we looking for? The girl's body buried under an oak tree? Well, he, it was some sort of property, right? So there, that might be even in a city record or something like that. Harry doesn't mean something in French, does it? Like curator or anything like that. It's a name. It's a proper name, right? Evil bad guy. It was capital. Blackheart. Right, right. Blackheart, Harry. Harry Blackheart Jr. Sounds like a magician. It does. Or, or a terrible front man for a band. <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of at a loss, guys, as to what to do next. Uh, just more research on uh, on Ursula. I mean, not Ursula. She's um, Jeanette. So if we can find out some history on the girl. Do you think that's sort of the message? Is that save me save so me i might save you so in other words we have to we have to help jeanette so that jeanette can help alice slash rose possibly related question what is saint ursula a saint of the catholic church saint she's just a saint they've got a million saints what, is she like a protector of women or something or let's find out Let's see what my can we roll? Uh do a cult, I guess. Thirteen, yeah, I pass. Saint Ursula celebrated on October twenty first. Virgin handmaidens. She was uh, she was a princess who, at the request of her father, King Dionotos, um, set sail to join her future husband, the pagan governor, uh, whatever, along with 11,000 virgin handmaids after a storm brought them over the sea in a single day. Ursula declared that before her marriage, she would undertake a pan-European pilgrimage. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Lots of stuff. Um, well, so she, she probably became a nun and she became a saint of some sort. And, um, but what is she a saint of? Maybe that's what... She uh, sounds perfectly suited to the cassette girls. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. If it didn't say anything about the storm, that sounds exactly like the girl. Doesn't particularly say. Hmm. I mean, unless I read this whole thing. There's a big thing on it. She's a very popular church, uh, saint in the Catholic Church. Well, I may have to see if I can 
find a, a St. Ursula candle. I think that might be a good idea for me. So you guys think that it's Saturday, um, another day of research? It actually, it actually makes sense. It actually makes sense if, you see, if the Catholic Church was going to establish a convent uh, where they trained young girls, that they would name it St. Ursula's. You know, because that makes the most sense for what they were creating. Uh, all right. Well. So, sidetrack. Sorry about that. No, that's that's interesting. So what do we do, gentlemen and lady? Well, we, we could look up the name Harry or Eri. See if it's maybe a surname or a first name of someone connected with the convent or the university. I'll, I'll yeah. see what I can come up with as far as the, the name of the, the, the name of the mother superior and any associations with the convent. And why don't you guys see if you can find anything about this apparition, this black guy that gets into black, black heart, black heart that gets into your dreams uh, in the occult section. You think? It's a good idea. I'm going to hit that occult section hard. All right. I'll look for a, I don't know what it'd be, a, a directory of some sort for the convent. Uh, I have a date, so I'll just, former mother superiors might have to go to the convent. Oh, well, it sounds like you all have a busy day ahead of you. Um, how about we, uh, Meet up this evening. It wasn't supposed to be pleasant uh, over at the Cafe du Mal. We can we can catch up over some beignets. Yeah, that sounds nice. We'll tell you what we find out. Say uh, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Perfect. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Come on, Isidore. And you see, you know, she's definitely got a little bit of a spray in her step as a result of actually sleeping through the night. Okay. And uh, it's about time, guys. Why don't we call it there? Okay, that's a good spot. <clears throat> I know it's not a cliffhanger, but well, but it's a good spot to break. Yeah. Our players included Joshua Hook, Kim Smeltzer, Jeff Wilkins, Greg Malcolm, and myself, with Kurt LeBlanc as Keeper of the Secrets. The music we're using for this campaign is "Save My Soul" by Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. They're kind enough to give us permission to use it. I have a link to their YouTube channel in the description below. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. We have a new patron hailing all the way from Denmark, Kim Kier. I probably have mispronounced that last name. Uh, he's pledged $5 a month. Uh, he signed up to be as a, uh, as a potential player, and we look forward to gaming with him soon. Thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account, just a dollar to a month. It helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We love reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, 
inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. New Orleans.